He's already been dead and it's messed with his head. It's John's post-life crisis. Well, hello. There's just slightly some news today. <sighs> well, I said I'd call this uh, John's post-life crisis live, so here I am, John's post-life crisis live by myself, my lonely self, talking about the news today. Scott Frost retained for 2022. Gobs of fired, all of them offensive staff people. Uh, how's everybody doing? I'm interested to hear what people think of the news. Uh, I am... Yeah, here is here is my position on this. I honestly, I I I have to wonder if we're going to have the same conversation in a year. I mean, we have the chance to, uh, you know, hire a whole new offensive staff. We have the chance to uh, change the offense if we want. The defense is uh, looks like it's in good shape. We still have two more games to go this season. Wisconsin and Iowa, and you got to wonder if um, <laughs> who's going to coach the team if uh, most of the offense is gone. Mario Verduzco, Verduzco quarterback coach, offensive, offensive coordinator Matt Lubick, offensive line coach Greg Austin, and running backs coach Ryan Hell, all gone. That's the only guy that's on offense anymore is uh, is. Uh, Sean Beckton, the tight ends coach, and I'm not sure what a uh, tight ends coach is going to do to put a game plan together, but um, I guess, you know, I think Scott Frost was calling the plays the whole time, so, and there was rumors that the some of the offensive staff didn't get along very well, so I guess maybe that would be something to explain uh, why our offense was so disjointed all season. In the chat session, somebody says the audio is cracking real bad. Is that true for anybody? Everybody else? Uh, I, uh, let's see if we can fix the audio. Uh, let's see if we can fix the audio. Is that any better? Well, what the heck? <sighs> Is that better? Okay. So apparently the wrong audio input was selected. This is what happens. I literally have four laptops sitting to the left of me, and I use all four of them, and, you know, I move stuff around. Anyway, you know, guys don't care. The audio is better. All right. Scott Frost retained offensive coordinators, everybody on the offense basically except the tight ends coach fired. Um, Scott Frost got his contract restructured. He'll get $4 million a year next year instead of five. God knows we hope we can live on that. Uh, the buyout was cut in half. The buyout next year would have been $15 million. Now it's $7.5. So here's the thing with that. 
if you look at Trev Alberts, you go, if I fired him this year, I'd have that the state pissed off at me. And I'd have to pay him $20 million. If I wait one year, he can fire his offensive staff. Maybe he can get closer. His schedule is much easier. I only have to pay him half as much money. And he has skin in the game now because he's not going to get, uh, you know, he's not going to get as much money. Plus, he has the chance to fix his offensive staff. I think the biggest question mark on that part is, uh, you know, you got to kind of look at this and wonder who wants to come in here and be a part of his offensive staff if they think they're only going to last a year. So there's a lot of people, a lot of Nebraska fans, before we started this mess, were like, who is going to come to Nebraska if we get rid of Scott Frost? He's the only guy, and now – we're kind of in that same position. Who wants to come to Nebraska and coach on offensive staff um, if they think they're only going to be here for a year? And Diane points out he now has $3 million for hiring coaches and spe special teams staff. That is true. Um, all right. I need to get my head in this. I, you know, I spent today wondering about this kind of stuff and, and where we're going to go. And apparently, Trev Albert sat down. He did the Sports Nightly thing tonight, and uh, Sam McCune did this. Uh, he sat down and talked to the sports media people at Nebraska, you know, the Sam McCune, Tom Schichel, those guys. Uh Here's a key quote that he said. There's not a lot of empirical data out there to suggest this will work, let's be honest. But I also think if there's a decision point, whether it's football or anything else, you know, Scott's a brother, he's a Husker, and he's a Nebraskan. So basically, Trev Alberts is admitting if, it, if he we wasn't a native son, he'd be gone. So, I, you know, I kind of get it. I, I don't know if that's important to me, but I will ask you guys as part of the chat, is this important to you that we have a Nebraska coach? I mean, the Omaha World Herald editorial staff, not the sports people, the editorial staff wrote a column apparently to said he should be retained because he feels our pain. That is the weirdest. <laughs> that is the weirdest reason to retain a coach that I can think I've I've heard of. I mean, you don't want to pay him, they lose, but he feels our pain, so everything's okay. So let's go back to the beginning of that Trev Alberts quote. There's not a lot of empirical data out there to suggest this will work. Well, here's the data. Four years, there's never been a coach after four years of losing seasons who's won a conference title. They can go back they can win games, but they've never won a conference title. And I think you look at that and you go, wow, the Big Ten West, like I keep harping on, is not a real great division. I know I've said it's the worst division in college football, but then people have pointed out the Pac-12. And, uh, yeah, you're right. The Pac-12 is kind of sucky. You know, I, I need to figure out how I can highlight some of these, and I don't know why I am missing this. So let's go with this one. Did that show up? No. Come on, John. What possible hope do we have to give it will get better? I'm the guy that says there is no hope. <laughs> but you know what? Let's 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 just say what possible hope do we have that it will get better? 
Well, let's say he hires. I I think you you looked at this offense, and I think we do have a lot of uh, good players. And maybe he hires an offensive staff that that works well together. And maybe Scott spends this offseason with doing a lot of uh, self-examination about how he can be a better leader because, quite frankly, that's where I think he's lacking. I think that he's just not – and that's what worries me about him is I don't think he has everything he needs to be the leader who can be successful in a big-time Division One A program. So <laughs> – how can it get better? Well, he can get an offensive staff where he can actually, I think, trust that he can turn over the offense to they, whoever it is he hires, that they'll all work together, they'll have a good offensive plan, and he can be a CEO. Because, quite frankly, I think Scott Frost probably could be a decent CEO, head figurehead type coach, a game day coach maybe. Stay out of the play calling, uh, direct everybody where they're supposed to be going and what they're supposed to be doing and uh, raise money, win games. <laughs> That's probably wishful thinking. Oh, I should have made notes before this. Okay, I'm going to pick on Michael here. Joe Gann's quarterback coach, Michael. We should be at the point now that we don't need to just come up with former Nebraska. We should be desperate people. Okay, maybe not desperate, but we should be People who are looking out there and going, uh, I want to uh, hire the best coaches possible. Uh, let's go with uh, this one. I watched your preseason prediction video. It did not age well. <laughs> I understand the strategy behind retaining Frost, but this is Nebraska University. He should be shit canned. I, I don't just, it did not age well. You know what? When you came into this season, this season looked like really we had the best team possible under Scott Frost, but they just really just haven't figured out how to win games. And that's the biggest problem. I think it's interesting when I go around social media, especially Facebook. And today, today I actually did uh, something to my Mac so that I'm going to block myself from going on Facebook most of the day because it's really evil. But I noticed that people keep posting all these offensive statistics to prove that we have a good offense. And I think really what they do is they prove that we don't have a good offense because we rack up tons of yardage and we rack up, uh, you know, yards per play is one of the things that people point out. But we don't score. We get in the red zone, we fall apart. And you saw that against Ohio State again where – you know, third and four, Martinez had Levi Falk open, misses him. We settle for a field goal try that they, we then miss. At a critical juncture in the game that we possibly could have won. Uh, I guess I would have been okay with Scott Frost going for uh, the fourth down there or going for a touchdown, anything. You know, and I think that's really kind of part of what bugs me about Frost again is he. I think he looks at this from an analyst point of view and he doesn't look at it from the human point of view. In other words, a lot of times when we're watching football, we just see these people as kind of like robots and, uh, you know, kind of like machines. Well, if that quarterback doesn't work, put in another one. If that lineman doesn't work, put in another one. Notice one thing. We never mention who the next guy should be unless it's like a, uh, you know, the quarterback put in Logan Smothers. But <laughs> 
we tend to look at these things, guys, like they're they're robots or toasters, you know, just replaceable. And I think a lot of times I, when I see Frost coaching the games, I wonder, is he really looking at these guys and thinking, where are my weaknesses and what plays can we execute that uh, we could use our strengths instead of that? And maybe that sounds really dumb. But an example of that in the Ohio State game was calling a – quarterback run on third and seven when it was clear Adrian Martinez was was hobbled he he had gotten hit and uh, he had gotten hit and I'm gonna see if I can actually have somebody join me that might have, offer some insight into some of this stuff he'd gotten hit and it was clear he was hobbled but yet we call a quarterback around on third and seven. We don't pick it up, and there goes the drive. And I just you just look at that and go, do you not have anything else besides that? So uh, I'm kind of disjointed tonight for all this news, aren't I? There, here, here's one thing I want to point out to all you guys. I think that there are good reasons to retain Scott Frost. And I think there are bad reasons to retain Scott for, to keep Frost. I think that when I go out there and I look at Husker fans communicating with each other, um, we tend to tear each other apart on this stuff. And I think really if we just kind of calm down and listen to each other, we'd understand it. This is a crapshoot. It's the same crapshoot whenever you hire a head coach. So I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself into believing that we that giving Scott Frost another year is an okay option, you know. And I guess we'll just see what happens. The bad part of this is, the bad part of this is, is that I get to run a website where we have to create content all the time. <laughs> it's actually in our contract, create content all the time, and and it's very frustrating to have to create content that you know people really aren't going to be that interested in because you guys get a go away, right? When the off-season comes, you guys can just go, ah, screw this. I'm not paying any attention until next August. I have to live with this stuff for an entire year. And I know that sounds whiny, but it's kind of uh, a pain in the butt. Hold on a second. All right. I hope the guy joins me because uh, I think he would provide a lot of insight that. Uh, let's go with, uh, let's pick up Fred here. Sorry, I'm picking up the, with a mostly new offensive staff, will we see a shift to the alleged power gear Frost said his O has? What would we do on offense? I, You know, there's a lot of people out there with this. Um, you know, they, they have to, they have to see a fullback, which is really dumb. Uh, not hardly anybody uses fullbacks anymore, and there's a good reason for it. Uh, it's because they just clog up the line. I mean, if you already have an interior line, an offensive line that's not going to shove people out of the way, adding a fullback to that is just going to put another 300, 250-pound body in the middle of where you're trying to run because the defense is just going to stack another linebacker there in with you. So... And then keep in mind, alleged power gear, Frost said his O has. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about power running. 
I think that, you know, if I had to choose an offense, it would have been like Urban Meyer's Ohio State offense that had a good spread, but it had some power run. Another one you might think of is uh, something like Coastal Carolina runs, where it is a it is an option offense, but it's not the the service academy. I have to have a fullback triple option. You saw some of that this year in Scott Frost's offense, and I think that would be interesting for us because it would be. Well, I don't think it has anything to do with historical stuff. But it, it would be hard to defend, I would think, for everybody because it would be different. Uh, if you'll notice, if you'll notice, I, Frost ran the option this year with – he didn't use a fullback. Sometimes he involved the uh, receivers in it. And I, I think that would be a very – you know, he's creative in that aspect, and they could do that kind of stuff. Uh, I, you know, I really haven't had time today to look at what coaches would be nice to replace these guys. Our guys on Slack have been doing a lot of arguing. Uh, Michael asks, where's the dog? That's a good question. She's not in here. I think that she uh, she hates my opinions. <laughs> okay. Uh, next, here, let's go with, uh, let's see. Oh, my gosh. Is it possible to take players off of scholarship like Ben Hart and Corcoran specifically? That's from Nebraska football fan forever. I think that's largely frowned upon anymore. I mean, the Big Ten is – when you talk to football players, ex-football players, a lot of the – and I'm not talking about Nebraska because, you know, I have conversations with other Division One football players. They are constantly uh, – the pressure is put on them by their coaches to keep their scholarships and you better perform and you better do this and that. And I think that that's a, it doesn't bode well for an environment where these football players really want to be there. They feel like they have to be there. And I don't know, maybe some people would be for that. I think the big 10 largely frowns upon you just pulling people off scholarship for no reason whatsoever or for performance on the field if you're not doing other things wrong. I think the problem with getting rid of or taking scholarships from away from Ben Hart and Corcoran is who are you going to have play tackle? This goes back to what I said earlier when you say, hey, uh, they should replace those guys. Great. Who are they going to play replace them with? I mean, I think we have other bodies, and those guys did play the last game against Ohio State like they had brick for feet. Like they couldn't move at all, and Ben Hart has been particularly nasty. Um, I, you know, you got to develop them, and that's the hope you have going forward. I think they're both highly rated players coming out of high school, but you want to see them develop into something. And maybe it was unfair to them to be redshirt freshmen thrown into the games. Uh, you know, the old days, those guys wouldn't have seen the field for like two or three years. All right. Uh, Stuart says we can kiss any thought of – whoop, I, did, I got the wrong one there. We can kiss any thought of a 5 and 7 and, and go – we'll be 3 and 9 now. I don't know. Who knows? That's the thing about the world. You never did. Wisconsin looks a little bit better lately, like they're figuring stuff out. But, again, they got Graham Mertz, and that guy's like, you know, he's bipolar. He's as bipolar as Adrian Martinez is. He just hasn't been around long enough. And Iowa, again, their offense is terrible. I mean, terrible. 
I mean, I let's get ragging on Iowa for a bit. Do you have a coach that's been around since, I don't know, you, all of you were children. Kirk Ferentz, and who does he hire? He hires for an offensive coordinator, his son, who runs an offense that, honest to God, can't score, can't do anything. Uh, that That is one thing we don't need to do. I know Scott Frost's kids are really tiny and really young, and they can't be hired at offensive coordinators, and maybe we should be ha- ha- happy that that's the case. Uh, Tom Brady has joined us. Wow. Okay, Brian Anderson. Let's see. Let's put this one up. I did a boo boo. Tim Beck. Somebody I've seen somebody mention Tim Beck a couple times. I like Tim Beck. I don't think he was always, uh, you know, the best in what he was doing. And sometimes he would just have those series where he just kind of went I, off into La La Land, where I'm just going to run this stuff because I want to see what happens. Uh, so Tim Beck, I think would be, he's been around for a while. And I, if you'll notice, if I remember correctly, uh, Bo Pelini's staff, Tim Beck was the only one that actually got a better division one job. And he went and called plays at Ohio state for a live for a year. So yeah, Tim Beck probably wouldn't be bad. I have not had time to look at who I would like to see us get for offensive coordinators and things like that. And I'm, we have arguments on our slack room on amongst my staff and, um, I'm mostly I haven't had time because I actually have a real job and it's been very um, stressful lately. Let me let me ask you guys this. I mean, what do you overall? What do you? I I still have to figure out how I can do polls on this thing, but uh, I wonder how many of us think we're going to be having this same conversation in a year. All right, let me go through back some of these. Uh, hearing Damon Benning for running back coach, no. <laughs> we we don't need to get a band back together. You know, if we're going to hire coaches, they have to be people who have actually had the, been in a coaching position. And Damon Benning, as far as I know, why do I think he coached high school. But uh, guy, Damon Benning's a kind of a nice guy. And he's got a radio gig. I don't know we'll make this point because I saw a bunch of stuff earlier on Twitter where <clears throat> people were after some Nebraska football players about, you should come back and coach this and do this. Uh, I have to ask you this. If you were a Nebraska football player, why would you want to come back and coach for our fan base knowing that you would probably end up hated? Because <laughs> I, I – Listen, anybody who has expectations for their football team is a fickle fan base. And I pointed out that you guys should, you know, if you're on Twitter, go find the message board genius uh, account and follow that and read the stuff those guys come up with. Everybody is insane. Everybody's crazy. Every fan base out there that it cares about their football team at all, I, they're crazy. Other thing I've seen is uh, everybody's constantly harping on. Nobody's going to want to come here if we're constantly hiring and firing coaches. I did a video on that earlier this year. Uh, pretty much anybody out there is constantly hiring and firing coaches. I mean, I guess except Iowa. Let's see. Purdue, they've done that lately. Illinois, Burt's his first year back. 
You know, Illinois has gone through how many? Uh, I mean, then you have the big ones like Texas, and they're just keep hiring. They're probably going to fire Steve Sarkeesian soon because he's done doing worse than Tom uh, Herman did when he was there. Uh, let's go back down here. Does Smothers see the field at all these next two games? That's a good question. I, I have to say no. I, there's no indication why he would. I mean, Scott Frost is stuck with uh, uh, Adrian Martinez all the way through this, so there's no reason to think that he wouldn't continue to stay with him. And you'd think that we'd kind of, uh, I don't know, get a guy in the field just so he gets some experience of being on the field. Uh, did special Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady asks, did the special team coach get fired? No. <laughs> Somebody else asked. Did No. No. Uh, do we have a special teams coach? That was uh, Mark Dawson, I think, was splitting time on that. And no, he didn't. And the reason why is because Dawson is a fairly good defensive coach. And I'm sure they'll do something like there that I like. I don't know. I actually pay attention to special teams maybe next year because it costs us quite a few games. Um I missed one in here. Damn, these go fast. And this is probably a good thing where I I need uh, a second person in here to help me with these. Do you think Yant is our better running back? I Jack is Yant has obviously shown us a lot, I think, and you know, just being a guy that's first getting on the field. Uh, do I think he's the best running back? I think the problem with him is, is that he – he had missed some pass protection stuff, and he'd probably miss some assignments. And I like the idea of having multiple burning backs you're going to get on the field, like him and a, I think Ramir Johnson does show uh, good, really good signs that he can has a lot of speed and a lot of shiftiness, and he can be a really good number one back, and Yant can be a number two uh, to come in and you know mash things up if you want to run some – uh, bigger power plays. Uh, okay. Well, DJ Cruz, Frost has got to deliver. Well, next year he does. Okay. I'm not going to get uh, either of the two guys that I'd hoped that were uh, some football guys to join us. Uh, we'll get them in here some other time. I think you probably would enjoy their positions on thing and every once in a while i get this stuff about uh, i don't have any credentials because i never played football which is true but you know me bill, bill belichick never did either notice how i just compared myself to bill belichick we probably both have about the fa same fashion fashion sense um Vickle will not leave Cincy for nebraska but need to jump up to a tier one school to leave which nebraska is no longer well, I did the interview with Ramsey, and he basically said Fickle would leave for Notre Dame, and that is about it. Talk about Rayola recruitment process, John. I'll be honest with you. I don't follow recruiting. We need a recruiting guy really badly at, uh, at coordination. So, I mean, if you want to write about recruiting, send me an email at coordination at gmail. Uh, 
Okay, I already did you with the guy with the when will you cut the luscious locks? Uh, never. You know, when we go to a bowl game, maybe I'll get a haircut. Uh, okay, let's go with this one. Husker Chuck says, Sevian Morrison likely transfers. This is the thing I'd like to warn you guys about. We just lost a whole gob of coaches that some of these players have relationships with. And I, there's no doubt we're going to see people in the transfer portal. You know, we've already kind of heard internally some stuff about um, players that might transfer, but you just don't be shocked by it. And don't get all, don't get all freaky about uh, losing guys because I think, I think Frost has shown the ability to recruit some decent players, especially at the receiver position. I had a thought and it went away because I'm old. Okay, losing players. Oh, Barney Cotton. We have discussed Barney Cotton for offensive line coach, and I think um, I looked at that and thought, you know what? It's you know again, it's like bringing a guy back that was here before. I think he did decently, but I don't know why he would uh, he would want to come back here other than it being a name you know. All right, let me go back through some of these. This was a quote that Matthew Meyer brings up. Alberts, it's Trev Alberts says, it's not the athletics direct job. It's not the athletic director's job that you have to fire this coach and hire this coach. This is Scott's plan. So obviously Scott realized that he needed to do something different or we uh, saw a guy who was being desperate and had fired people he had had a relationship with so that he could become a winning football coach and you've seen this happen at florida where dan mullen is under a <laughs> dan mullen's under a lot of fire and i think where was it jimmy lake washington the guy that's in trouble for pushing a football player or hitting him in that face mask which i think is weird but uh, he also fired some coordinators today. Uh, this is the kind of stuff you do to save your job, I guess. And maybe, I, let's go back to that. Does Scott Frost really deserve another year? No, probably not. Does he deserve another year because he's a Nebraska guy? Ugh. Again, I, I want to have hope there, and I want to have optimism that things will be better next year, and we will have a much easier schedule that we have this year. But uh, I'm probably reiterating, let's make it clear that he's coming back because he's a Nebraska coach. He's a Nebraska native son, not because he's done a good job. And I guess if we want to try going that route, I guess that's fine. It's just kind of disappointing that um, this is where we're going to be. Uh, your hair is going to be to the ground. Big Pete says your hair is going to be to the ground before we go to a bowl game. I hope it doesn't grow that fast because I'm sure that maybe we'll win the next two games, get to five and seven, and somebody out there will recognize, hey, those Nebraska people need to go to a bowl game, and they'll put us into the pinstripe bowl in New York City or something. My wife has said she would love to go to a bowl game, but not where it's cold. And this one dude... Uh, Brian 
Anderson says, if Trev fires Frost after the Iowa game with the new contract, does it mean we only have to pay him $7.5 million? Probably not. And I think that, that if you want to have a coach, that if you want to make sure that nobody would ever come to Nebraska to actually uh, <laughs> coach in Nebraska, you do a new deal with them and then you fire them two weeks after it's done. So, no, that's not going to happen unless there's some weird thing that happens where something with cause happens, like Scott Frost is in mal some kind of malfeasance situation. Uh, man. Uh, and the reason the reason why I'm not going to go into coaches tonight is, number one, because I haven't, I haven't had time to prepare that. Number two, is it another show or another video, for God's sakes? Uh, Jason Pete Jason Peter is on the sideline. Michael Lawson says Jason Peter is on the sideline. At least his his shut him up most of the time. I didn't see that. Uh, I did not see him on the sideline. I, I think I saw Jay Foreman at Minnesota, uh, but and maybe I'm wrong. But you know the coaches come out before the game starts and they kind of do this line thing where they clap each other on the back and you know get to get get each other kind of hyped up and like we're together and preparing for the game. But I I never saw Jason Peter. I don't know what Jason Peter is doing. <sighs> I'm trying to highlight some of these. Does Frost dig into the portal for a quarterback? I think it'd be a good idea. I think right now you're going to go into next season. Let's assume that Adrian Martinez doesn't return next year because, um, I, you know, I'm okay with Adrian not coming back. I think it'd be best for him to move on. I would love, I would love nothing better than uh, – Adrian Martinez do a grad transfer thing where he plays for somebody else and wins a bunch of games just because I think the guy's been a warrior and he needs a fresh start. Okay, does Frost dig into the transfer portal for a quarterback? I kind of hope so. I know we have, uh, what is it, the kid's name, Torres coming in next season as a recruit so far. And uh, we have Logan Smothers. We have uh, Heinrich Harburg. Uh, I, you know, I, I think if you could get 20 quarterbacks on the roster and sort them out, you'd probably be in the best place possible. But that seems like uh, a lot of guys for the quarterback position. On the other hand, looking at Scott Frost's offense so far, it's quite clear that so far uh, we really need a quarterback who can make decisions and do a good job, kind of like NFL teams. Chris Tussing says Spencer Rattler as a transfer quarterback would be ideal. Uh, I don't like Spencer Rattler. I, you know, he is the only guy who went from being a preseason Heisman favorite to benched without an injury. So I think that somewhere he was way overrated. Uh, and came into the well, and he didn't play well earlier, and got replaced by Caleb Williams. Um, well, this is an interesting comment. I still believe in Frost. I just wish these firings happened last year. 
Well, we would have gone into this season with a completely different offensive staff, and this is one of those scenarios where you kind of look at it and go, uh, you know, it's kind of like doing writing a book about alternative history. You can make it be whatever you want because it never happened, and that'd be a lot of fun. I guess they happened this year, and we're going to see what happens till next year. By the way, by the way, my original plan for tonight was that I didn't think uh, anything would be going on. So I thought that I'd have a basketball, a basketball guy on tonight so we could talk about the start of Nebraska basketball season, which begins tomorrow night. And I think that you should all be paying attention to Nebraska basketball. And the reason why is this. And I, I want to make the you, – you need to listen to this part, really. Nebraska has now been in the Big Ten for a decade, but I don't think we've really understood still what it means to be in the Big Ten. And what it means to be in the Big Ten for a lot of the schools that have been around forever is that if they – if here's an example. We lost to Purdue in football. You know how we get back at Purdue? We beat them in basketball. We beat Matt Painter. That's how you get back at Purdue. Now, maybe all of you guys live in Nebraska where you don't have to put up with uh, a constant interference with Minnesota fans or Penn State fans or Wisconsin fans or whatever, who the hell they are. But I do. I specific one customer site. I've got a Wisconsin guy to deal with, Minnesota guy, Penn State guy who's on here. Yeah, pain in the ass. But uh, you got to deal with all these other people and how you get them back is you beat them at the sport they love the most. So for Purdue, you beat them in basketball. And could, we have a very interesting team coming up in basketball. And what I would like to do is to get one of my basketball guys on and we can talk about that team because I think they're going to be exciting. And you keep in mind, the other thing about the Big Ten and Nebraska basketball is <laughs> we shouldn't have any expectations for this. Because we're the worst power program in history. You can make up stuff about, uh, you know, maybe we won the Big Eight once back in 1845, but really we have never, we have never won an NCAA tournament game. And that's a big thing. And I think that even if you go 500 in the Big Ten, you're getting into the big dance. But that's basketball. But keep in mind the important part about basketball in the Big Ten is those sports equate, right? We lost to Purdue in football. We beat them at basketball. You look at the Purdue fans in your life and you go, well, you lost to us in basketball. What do you think of that? And then they'll say something and uh, probably weep because that's who they are, the Purdue people. Beat Indiana in basketball. That'd be fun. Michigan, basketball, fun too. Minnesota, I think they've lost hope. Uh, at least the Minnesota people. When I ask them about basketball, they look at their shoes. Of course, Minnesotans are always looking at their shoes, so I guess that's nothing new. But when you look around that, Iowa, for example. Iowa, let's go back to Iowa. We always got to go back to Iowa. If if we beat Iowa in basketball, I mean, you may not think much about it because Nebraskans focus so much on football. But if we beat Iowa in basketball – we can make fun of them for it because we can look at them and say, you lost to the worst power, for, power program in basketball history. And your, pro, and your stinky friend from McCaffrey coach has never finished higher than third in the Big Ten. Do you even have a basketball program? And that's the kind of shit you do. And you probably, if you're the person that's sitting there right now and you're thinking, John, do you watch sports just so you can make fun of people? 
Uh, well, yeah, yeah kind of. You know, I mean, if you're going to dish it out, you should be able to take it. And I take a lot of crap from people. All right, back to football. What do we got? Oh, my God, it's 8.09. I said that I'd do this for an hour. <laughs> All right, I missed all. I was blabbering on so long. I missed a lot of comments. Ooh, here is here is one. Hire Alabama coaches. It's Diane again. Uh, Bill O'Brien, Alabama's offensive coordinator, probably would have been uh, one of the candidates that I think we would have wanted to go after had Scott Frost been relieved of his duties. So, you know, that's a possibility. Um, what if Frost had Tommy Osborne? Osborne, Tommy Osborne, Tommy Armstrong. Uh, well, you know, there'd be a lot more fuck it, I'm going deep. And it might have been interesting because Tommy Armstrong could just throw that ball down the field and maybe Samari Torre could just run underneath it or Omar Manning. I keep clicking on the wrong place to bring up these comments. If Verdusco got axed, what happens to Logan Smothers? Again, that's that goes back to which players are going to transfer. Uh, I have I've not I haven't heard anything about Logan Smothers. I would guess that maybe I think for a lot of these guys they're going to stick around until they see what staff comes in and then they might go. Excuse me. Okay, this one. God damn, I keep doing that. Michael Boyer, throwing in the towel for this season, why not wait three weeks? We have a bye week coming up, which means the coaches are going to be out recruiting. And you can't send them out recruiting uh, with this lingering of Scott Frost going to be back next year. So I think they looked at that and they wanted to make sure that they had a plan in place before, before a lot more of this churning went on with Scott Frost isn't going to be back and Scott Frost is going to be fired and things like that. And the dog just forced her way in here. Um, that's the reason why they're why not wait three weeks. If you'll notice out there. Uh, like I said earlier, Washington fired some coaches. Dan Mullen at Florida fired coaches. Uh, but that's that's why. They, they needed to do something now before it really turned into a lingering, festering sore. Uh, the good news is that Frost is going to let someone else do the play calling next season, Eddie Thorne. Well... I think that remains to be seen. I, you know, it's one thing to, it's one thing to say that, and we're going to see who he hires for an offensive coordinator of whether he actually turns over that stuff, uh, because that I think that's the key to being a successful leader is are you able to actually delegate stuff and trust that it gets done, and that goes back to having a staff that you put together that you know you can trust. I know that we always have this thing about. Uh, you know, coaches hire their buddies. And we, people will complain about that all the time. And I think the thing is about that is that, well, number one, I've always wanted to do this article. I haven't. I, I want you to think about how many how many Division One AA or how many FBS coaches do you think there are in the nation? And then how many plumbers do you think there are? How many lawyers? 40 billion lawyers. 
God, you hit a throw a rock and you hit a lawyer. It bounces off and hits the Microsoft technician next to him. Anyway, uh, how many lawyers are there? You know what I mean? How many uh, chiropractors? How many family doctors? There's not that many coaches that are Division One coaches in just sheer numbers of the population. All these people go to coaching clinics together. So when you say they're hiring their buddies, they are typically hiring people that they have a connection with because you have to bring them in. And they have to be part of a close-knit team that's going to, God knows, work how many hours together. I mean, when the, even when the off-season comes around, you know, the off-season for us, they're still going to work and they're recruiting all the time. And they're working all the time. And I think you'd have to pay me $5 million a year to do this job. Uh, but that's the thing about uh, hiring coaches that you know and who would you hire and who you're going to bring in and make sure they all work together. That's incredibly difficult stuff. When you look at Scott Frost, uh, he's a young guy. And he, does he have a lot of experience doing that? Not really. And he just fired guys that had been with him, I think, throughout his career. So we'll see what happens. Oh, we got to get this one up here. What stage of Auburn head coach Gus Mills on is Nebraska currently in with Frost? I'm not sure if I, I understand that question. Uh, isn't Gus Mills on the head coach at UCF? I'm running out of air here. Uh, but I think Gus Mills on would be a very interesting – yeah, he'd be an interesting offensive coordinator for us to have. I wouldn't mind that, but he's also been a head coach and kind of go – why would he ever come here as the offensive corner? <sighs> Think they will hire any former players or coaches with Nebraska ties. This is from Richard Randall. You know, I kind of hope not because he did make the line. He did say the thing that uh, we're looking for fresh ideas and new ideas. And I guess – when I look at an organization, it doesn't have to be about football. I think that if you hire from the outside, you're bringing in people with different ideas. Sometimes they're bad ideas, like Bob Diaco. He's a bad idea. But, uh, you know, you bring in different perspectives on things, and I really think we need that. And if we hire any former players, I mean, how much more of a former 90s party uh, do we really need to have a memorial or at the athletic department? So am I for that stuff? Not really. The dog whines. See, now she, now she wants in, she wants out. My God, it's like she's a cat. It's like dealing with kids. Okay. Who would be your top hires for next season? Uh, that's from Hosher. Hosher. You know, I'll look over that this week and maybe we'll talk about it. I'm sure, you know, we won't have coaches hired really, uh, really in the next two weeks, I would guess. <laughs> and so I, I, I think we have time to talk about that either on a podcast or something else. Um, you invoke the Diaco kittens died. That certainly feels that way. I think it felt that way for Purdue last season too when he was there. And you look at Purdue now, and I've gotten shit from people for saying that Purdue is not a good football team, and now they've knocked off people. 
you know, I hear if anybody from Purdue is here, I'll just say this. Purdue is good. You know, I'll give you the rest of that if you win this weekend. Uh, let's go with this one, Spaghetti Factory. Is that place still open? Anyway, is Nebraska going to beat Iowa this year? Of course they are. Do you know why Nebraska is going to beat Iowa this year? Nebraska is going to beat Iowa this year because we really need to uh, have some good news going into the offseason. Because maybe God will smile in our direction for just one game and we can get that freaking monkey off our back. We do have a good enough offense to score points against Iowa. And I think, uh, you know, they, they can only score points if you give them points, which we're certainly good at. But uh, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I mean, we'll see what happens. They have like what? They have a bye week to put together an offensive coaching staff and figure out what to do for offense against Wisconsin. And then they have a short week against Iowa. So anything's possible. <laughs> Go Cyclones. Uh Wow, a lot of comments from you guys. Oh, let's go with Brendan Peters. Will Martinez be our quarterback next year? I honestly doubt it. I I I just don't see you know, I'm projecting myself. If I was him, I'd go to another school and play quarterback for one more season. Or I'd just go on with my life. I think that depends on what he feels like he needs to accomplish. I think Nebraska fans, if he, here's the thing. Here's why it's dangerous for Adrian Martinez. If he comes back next year and we don't do well, who are we going to blame, Adrian Martinez or Scott Frost? Because there's a whole gob of us really right now that would rather burn Adrian Martinez in a public square and, and televise it than we would Scott Frost. And I think that that's kind of wrong and bad. And that's why I'd really rather that Adrian Martinez did not return next year. Uh, it's because, you know, Scott Frost just needs to bear this by himself. If he's going to be good, then be good without Adrian. It's like they're codependent now, which is really creepy. Ah. But... What's your thoughts about next season's schedule and predictions on the records by Sneaky J? That's we haven't even finished this season. You're already looking to next year. I want to. I'll give you a piece of advice from a really old crusty person. Don't wish your life away. Like I wish the season was over, or I wish uh, Christmas was here. Don't do that stuff because then time just disappears. And next thing you know, you're old and crusty and. Uh, you have long hair and people look at you like a weirdo because you wear a do-rag. But, uh, I, you know, who knows what's going to happen by next year. There's so many things in the world. We could have a whole other pandemic by then. Zombie plagues. Uh, they, You know, they keep talking about Yellowstone being this giant cauldron that could blow up half the Midwest and take the entire West Coast with it when it explodes. So, you know, leave, live each day for its own. I, I, I could throw more little self-help things at you because I got a million of them. Um, this is a key, Matt Dorsey. Why would anybody want to be an assistant coach at a school with a lame duck head coach? I'm worried we won't get any good assistance because Smite, 
might Scott might only get one or two more years. This that this is kind of something I worry about too, but I think they. I guess you know when uh, you look out there, I think that there's a number. He, I've already said you got to just hire coaches whether they have Nebraska ties or not. But I think you also have to hire them so that they fit together too. And I think if you're around the coaching profession and you look at Scott Frost and the one thing he has done, he might be young, but he has had experience with a number of different programs. And because of that, he's made contacts. And I'm sure that out there somewhere, he can find guys that know other guys that are going to say, yeah, I'd love to coach at Nebraska for a year. If for no other reason, maybe they get experience in the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, they're always trying to work themselves up the ladder. So maybe you look at a grad assistant, and he becomes your offensive line coach from someplace else. Uh, Jan Huff, puff, puff, cough, cough. Yeah, I am running out of air. It's what I do. Uh, what is this guy talking about? I missed something on Yellowstone and Scott Frost. No, I just blather on. That's what we're doing 52 minutes into this thing. It's probably a good time to be done in a couple minutes. Caleb Ward asked, do you think Ron Brown would make a good permanent replacement as running back coach? This is probably not a popular opinion. I know Ron Brown's been around the program for very many years. I think he's a very good man. Um, I always see him on the field right after the games are leading the prayer sessions. I think he should stay involved with the program uh, in some regard. I don't think that he probably should be a position coach. I just don't. Just because, just because they're uh, just, just too many Nebraska guys, I guess for if for no other reason. And I, I guess I'd rather see younger coaches in those positions than older coaches. Okay, I'm going to answer this last question from Smooth zero three seven four, and then we're going to be done. And I thank you all for joining me. Um, would you support an expansion of the college football playoff to 12 teams? You know, I, I don't like this, and that's because I'm old. I think the BCS was actually a better format than we have now. Um, what bothers me about the expansion of the college football playoff, and I've said this time and time again, I'm going to say it one more time. They keep involving the Bulls in this. And they can't get away from the bowl structure. And if you're going to have a real something that resembles anything close to a real playoff system in college football, they got to remove the bowls from it. I don't have, I don't have uh, a problem with them playing like the last game at a bowl site. But you know, for a hundred years we've been going cold weather schools to warmer places to play football, and all it's done is given an advantage to teams that live in those places. Why do we want to go to the Orange Bowl to play a Florida team? Why does anybody from the Big Ten want to go to the Sugar Bowl to play an SEC team or to the West Coast? And I know the Big Ten has this crap with the Rose Bowl. And if you go back through Big Ten history, the Big Ten didn't win a national title from Michigan in 1948 till I think, Ohio State in 1967. Why didn't they win one? It's because they went out to the Rose Bowl and got their asses kicked by California teams playing in their own backyard. So why 
why would we agree to have a 12-team playoff if all those games are going to be played at bowls? Because basically what it comes down to is this. Let's say Nebraska gets into the college football playoffs. Let's just say, come on, dream with me. And and they get to go play, and they go play at, uh, I don't know, they got to go play in the Orange Bowl, and then they got to go play in the Cotton Bowl, and then they got to go play in the, the, the Rose Bowl. Those are their three playoff games. So they don't play at home. They play away. Are you going to have fans travel all those games? No. Are you going to, you know, what a pain in the ass. You're just going to play teams that live in those areas. You know, another thing is, it's about time that the SEC had to go to Ann Arbor, Michigan to play a game in the cold. So if they're going to expand this, they need to include home sites and they need to include campus games. And they're not going to do that. Okay, so... Uh, that's that's my problem with a 12-team playoff. It sounds neat, but I don't think it'll be that neat. It'll just be the same unbalanced bullshit that it was before. Uh, Jan Huff, puff, puff, cough, cough again. I know. Part of my heart is dead, so I don't have the same capacity to breathe that uh, other people do. And, uh, you know, I work on that. I do. I walked two miles today. And uh, I need to do a better job of not running out of air. Okay. Um, I think that's it for tonight. I think what I learned from this is I really, if I'm going to do this for an hour, uh, I, I, I need a sidekick. <laughs> and I did hear back from the guys I invited earlier. They just couldn't make it tonight because I didn't plan well enough. I had a basketball planned and then, um, you know, things happen today. Exciting things happen today, I guess, and we'll see where the program goes. I hope you all have a good week. One thing I would ask of you is to just, just, uh, just take it easy on each other. You know, don't be. If you if you're one of those guys that said, uh, you know, I want Scott Frost. Don't beat people up about. Yeah, I got my way. Scott Frost is gonna is going to be back and you suck because you didn't think he should be back. You know, just be nice to people, be peaceful. We're all Nebraska fans. It's all something we love. So come on, love each other, respect each other's, respect each other's opinions. Uh, good night. Go big red. <laughs>